This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06 on a very hazy Friday morning, 27th of October. And you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C and I'm Wong Xiao Ning. Let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. Unfortunately, it was all in the red with only one notable exception being Shanghai. But in the US, the Dow was down 0.8%, S&P 500 down 1.2% and the Nasdaq was down 1.8%. Over in Asia, as I was saying just now, Shanghai composite up point. 5%, but the rest were all in negative territory. The Nikkei was down 2.1%, Hang Seng down 0.2%, Shanghai, Shanghai, uh, Singapore's STI down 0.2%, and back home, FBM KLCI down 0.1%. So joining us on the line for insights into what's moving markets is Shane Oliver, Chief Economist at AMP Capital. Good morning, Shane. Thanks for speaking to us again. Now, this has been pretty bad week for stocks globally and we even see that in the tech space despite I would say results that aren't so bad. So what are the key factors likely to influence the direction of equity markets trading next week? Is it really earnings that's bordering markets or it's just the question of where interest rates are going? To be honest with you, I think it's it's a, it's both. The backdrop for the market even coming into the earnings reporting season was somewhat weak because of the ongoing rise in long-term borrowing costs or bond rates and that had put uh, equity valuations under pressure because as bond yields rise, it makes them relatively more attractive compared to shares. And so shares were already under some pressure. Then we have the uncertainty about what will happen in the Middle East, particularly with oil supplies. And then added to that, the earnings reports I think have been okay, but they've been somewhat mixed. And consequently, it hasn't been enough to sort of turn around the malaise in, uh, in share markets. And there has been some disappointing results. So all of those things have been weighing on the uh, markets, obviously the US, and that leads everybody else to some degree, directionally at least. US share market is down almost, almost 10%. This is the S&P 500 from its high back in July. Uh, and I'd have to say the risks in, in the short term are still on the downside. And yes, we do have more earnings reports ahead, um, but I suspect that they will remain a little bit on the mixed side. So what are your expectations on in terms of the PCE coming out later tonight, US time, which is, a, which is what the Fed looks at more closely as a gauge of inflation? Do you think they will put pressure on them to perhaps raise rates again when they meet on Wednesday or are they going to stay pet? Look, I, I think they will stay pat. I think the uh, the core PCE, it's funny the way we get used to this jargon, but personal consumption expenditure deflator, which is an alternative measure of inflation in the US, and it is their preferred measure. And of course, it excludes energy and food. Uh, I think it will show a further fall. The, uh, the August number was 3.9%. It's probably going to fall to 3.7%. In fact, in the September quarter, uh, the numbers that came out last night um, showed a, a fall for the but that's for the quarter as a whole. So I suspect that will continue in the, will have continued in the month of September. So that downtrend I think will, will you know please the Fed. Um, obviously, you know the Fed might be worried. Well, GDP growth was pretty strong last quarter, up uh, 4.9% or thereabouts, uh, driven by strong consumer spending. Um, but I think the Fed will probably be preferred to look will probably be prepared to look through that, um, given that the inflation numbers are going in the right direction. 
can I get a perspective on oil? Because, I mean, Brent crude is still under $90, but there's been so many projections about it going past that, even past $100, and even $150 was even mooted at some point, right? This is a concern, right, for countries, especially in Asia-Pacific, that depend heavily on oil imports? It certainly is a concern. Uh, countries that are net oil exporters uh, will be happy, and those that are importers uh, won't be happy, Um the country I'm in, Australia, is sort of mixed for us because, on the one hand, we uh, yeah we import oil, but we export other energy, and and there's some sort of flow onto other energy. But uh, so so it is a concern. Historically, if you go back through time, big rises in world oil prices have been associated with recessions. Obviously, we think of the uh, the oil crises of the 1970s, uh, but also the spikes that were associated with the 1990. Gulf War, um, and going to the into the GFC oil prices surge, so that's obviously a worry and no, another thing hanging over markets. Uh, so far, as you say, yeah, it's, it's managed to hang around levels that were pretty much in place before uh, the flare-up in Israel, and. Yeah, despite all the talk about it, it hasn't surged. But I think to get a surge, you really do need to see other countries born into the crisis oil producers in the Middle East. So far, we haven't seen that. Hopefully, that remains the case, that they stay on the sidelines. Uh, But the risks there are high and, and markets are nervous about that. Okay, let's turn to Australia because RBA Governor Michelle Bullock expressed concern over very sticky inflation. And the central bank is due to meet on the 7th of November. What's so ironic is that RBA staff are actually threatening strike over pay. So (laughs) do her comments imply after a pause in hikes since June that the uh, overnight rates are set to rise? Well, it certainly looks that way. Uh, In the last couple of weeks, there has been some hawkish commentary coming from the Reserve Bank. The the minutes from the last meeting indicated they have no tolerance for a slower pace of decline in inflation than what they'd already forecast. Um, Comments uh, earlier this week by the new governor, Michelle Bullock, indicated that they would not hesitate to raise interest rates again if uh, their inflation forecast were raised up or revised materially. And then, of course, on Wednesday, Australia saw some higher than expected inflation. One of the key measures that they look at, we look at a thing called trimmed mean, which is a statistical version of underlying inflation. And it uh, it, it came in about 0.4% higher than what they were expecting in August. And most economists think, well, that's material and will have a material impact on their forecasts and therefore will get a rate hike. Now, it, yesterday before a parliamentary committee, she wouldn't be drawn on that for obvious reasons because she doesn't want to preempt the meeting in a week and a half's time. But uh, it does look as if they're on track to raise interest rates again in Australia. And sticky services inflation is one of the key factors mm. there. And, of course, a key factor of that is wages. And the Reserve Bank, as you alluded to there, will be well aware of that because uh, their own staff are threatening a strike action <laughs> over um, pay over trying to get a higher pay rise than what the Reserve Bank is offering. Mm. And it's very interesting right, because Australia's economy is pretty unique when you see like what's happening in Europe where ECB is paused rates at the moment. But in Australia, I guess that for these fortunes are tied to China's growth and we're seeing some pretty good numbers also coming out from China in the past few weeks. So how do you see this uh, position Australia's economy and also the Aussie dollar? Look, to be honest with you, it's, it's a bit mixed for Australia. The economy has been more resilient than might have been feared with the higher interest rates. Uh, that was probably because Australian households had big savings buffers they'd built up through the pandemic. Um, 
Um, and many more Australians were on fixed rates, fixed mortgage rates than was normally the case. Um, problem is that those buffers are now starting to run down and people are coming off those fixed rates and there is a lot of uncertainty about what will happen to the economy next year. And adding to that uncertainty <clears throat> has been that concern about China earlier this year or late last year when it reopened after pandemic-related um, lockdowns or restrictions, there was a lot of optimism about China. It saw a bit of a bounce, then it slowed down again. Uh, lately, it started to pick up again. So overall, it's sort of okay for Australia. And the key export from Australia, iron ore, is remaining high in price. I think overnight it was $118 a tonne. Uh, the, the federal government budget in Australia was assuming $65 a tonne or, so, or something like that. So it's way above what um, most have been expecting, and that's sort of good for Australia. But obviously a concern regarding China is their property market. Mm. Uh, we know of the problems there. Um, they're not unique to China. Australia's gone through its own problems in property over the years. So uh, no one's pointing the finger here. Everyone has these problems every so often. But uh, that is probably a key, key, key source of uncertainty regarding the Chinese economy. It's nice to see that they've announced some more stimulus measures in the last week, particularly focused on infrastructure or water-related infrastructure. Um, but uh, those concerns about the property market remain high. And so that is certainly a risk factor. It's certainly something the Reserve Bank is worried about. But at this stage, it's probably not enough to stop them raising interest rates again. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That's Shane Oliver, Chief Economist at AMP Capital, telling us what to expect next week, especially when it comes to the Federal Reserve, which is due for their meeting on Wednesday. We'll probably know our time will wake up on Thursday morning knowing whether they have stayed pat at uh, the current rate. Many feel confident that they are engineering a, a slowdown, a very soft landing. Janet Yellen certainly thinks so. She said so just a few days ago. Yeah, and I think, look, the quarter three print was pretty good, right? So expectations are that the Fed will be able to navigate this pretty well. Well, the high yields in U.S. Treasuries are doing some of the work for them. I mean, mm. uh, Jerome Powell is having a bit of a better time. Up next, we're going to cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.